Hey, Paul. Hey, Jackie. How's it going? I'm good. I'm excited to have you back for another fun round of I've not seen a movie. Hopefully you don't hate me. <laughs> no, me too. That uh, the My first appearance was a blast. I can't wait to shake my head in shame at the humiliation <laughs> of your lack of cultural awareness. <laughs> All right. So I will just break it to you. I have not seen The Princess Bride. <laughs> you haven't seen The Princess Bride? I have not seen The Princess Bride. Oh my gosh. And it's it's so funny that you mentioned this. I literally watched The Princess Bride last night. <gasps> We're two minds. Two, two minds come together to talk about The Princess Bride. I don't know anything really about this movie, but I do know it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the movie with the you, I'm Indio, Indigo Montoya, You Killed My Father, Prepare to Die. Yep, that is right. Okay, so that's all I got for The Princess Bride. <laughs> okay, but like nothing else, you don't have any other plot clues or anything like that? Anyone else who would be in the movie? No. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Should I, should I be <laughs> expecting something? I'm just curious. I'm just curious. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I'm excited to go, I guess, like trot on my noble steed <laughs> into this movie. <laughs> I can't wait. Let's make it happen. Welcome to Jackie Watches Stuff. This is a podcast chronicling my cinematic quest to finally watch the movies I probably should have already seen. And I'm bringing my friends along with me. Hello, my name is Jackie Vetrano. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Anybody want a peanut? (laughs) (laughs) I watched the movie. It was really fun. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. It makes me so happy that you finally saw it. I like, I should have watched it when I was sick because it clearly makes you feel better when you're sick. No, and, and funny enough, I think that the first time I watched it, I was like 13. And I was like, I don't want to watch a movie about princesses. Um, And I was sick and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And that's exactly what the small boy said. He was like, this is a kissing book. I am. Grandpa. I am Fred Savage. (laughs) (laughs) He's so cute in this movie. I could not get over him. He was adorable. Oh, it's it. It's really so well done. Rob Reiner is the director and phenomenal job. He is so incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. It was it was really well done. But before we dive in, I need to recap this romantic story slash the kissing book. Will you please time me? Absolutely. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Okay. So there's a little small child who we already talked about, but he is sick, unfortunately. And his grandpa comes over to read him a dead time story. And it's about this girl who falls in love with her farm boy, but the farm boy has to run away to go make money. And he kind of dies, but not really. And so she ends up getting whisked away to this castle and has to marry the evil prince. And he's really ugly and we don't like him. And then these three guys kidnap her. Oh no. But then there's also this dude in black that's trying to like save her or maybe kidnap her. We're not sure. So the dude in black has to go through all these tests and then ends up almost dying, and but does save the princess and it ends up being the farm boy. And then they get married. Yay. That was really good. That was um, like 34 seconds. I'm really impressed. Ooh, that was rough. That was rough. It was a lot. There's a lot of action, romance, a lot of drama. So much going on. Chases, escapes. There was so much of it. So, so much. (laughs) 
I did see, so I, I needed to know if this was based on a book or not, a real book, and it is. And I have mm. not actually read The Princess Bride ever. So I haven't read it either, but so it's very funny. I have a lot of family who has read it. And apparently the book, The Princess Bride, is really, the movie is loosely based on the book. There is definitely the same plot, but it's a lot more meta humor in the book, which I guess was not the direction of the movie, but it's it's been recommended to me that I should read it. And I probably will after recording this. Yeah, it's, I guess the book, so the author is William Goldman, and his book is actually called princess bride but it's supposed to be quote the abridged version of this other book with only the good parts or something so it's like mm. a movie about a book about a book i guess gotcha okay. lots of layers happening <laughs> but it did not do super great in theaters but when it was released to vhs it like totally blew up which i tried to figure out why no one knows but it apparently didn't really do great but it is clearly withstood the test of time because we are still watching it all these years later. Oh yeah. It's a total cult classic now. And I mean, the fact that Disney went out of their way to buy it and put it mm -hmm. on Disney plus that's, that's huge. Yes. That was very um, nice of them so that I could watch it. Cause I am a Disney plus subscriber. So it was very nice to find there. Loved it. <laughs> um, so yes, adorable Fred Savage. Oh, I want to squeeze his little face. He is sick. And it turns out his grandfather's coming over and the eye roll when his grandpa pinches his cheeks and he looks at his mom and he's like, I told you grandpa was going to pinch my cheeks was so funny. <laughs> it was just the most adorable thing. Oh, it absolutely is. I, and I mean, I can totally relate to it. We all can, you know, you have the kind of obscure family member who you don't see all the time, who loves you because they've known you since you were a peanut, but you have no idea who they are. So <laughs> At age 13, watching that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's me. Did your cheeks start to hurt a little bit when you were watching it <laughs> with all the all the memories? I, I just felt like the cheek reverb through the space-time continuum, and yeah. oh, man. Sorry that I put you through that again. Um, but Grandpa comes over, and he's like, I have this story that I'm going to read you because I my dad read it to me, and I read it to your dad, and now I'm going to read it to you. And we learn very quickly it's a love story, and we get interrupted by the small boy who says, wait, is this a kissing book? And it is so cute. And he gets really mad because there's no sports. <laughs> <laughs> but but then there is fencing, and, and fencing is, of course, a sport. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's all very cute. And I have to say, the legendary Peter Falk playing the grandfather is just fantastic. Yeah. I don't know if you ever watched Columbo, but... He's amazing. <laughs> no, I I think this is my first time seeing him on screen, or maybe I'm forgetting another time. But um, no, he did great. It was it was so the whole movie was very like warm and wholesome and just a really nice feel good movie. So I'm glad that you shame me into watching this movie, Paul. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You know that's that's just totally my prerogative. But <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It. You're, you're like totally right. Through the lens of 2020, you know, everyone this needs a little need. happiness. This is what we need right now. So the Princess Bride's story that he reads starts with this very obvious love story between the girl, Buttercup, which is the name I think that every like fantasy horse is named, but we'll go with it. <laughs> um, 
falls in love with the farm boy. And the farm boy just always says, as you wish, which really meant I love you, but he couldn't say it. And it's so darling. And they kiss in the sunset. And then they're going to try to get married. But the farm boy, Wesley, doesn't have any money. So he says he's going to go across the sea to go make some money. And that's the last we see of him. (laughs) Kidnapped by pirates is good. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really make you money when you're kidnapped by pirates, but we find out that it might because he does come back around. Um, And so Buttercup is very sad. And then we pan over, not really pan, cut to Prince Humperdinck, which is the most like, that is just such a good evil prince name. (laughs) It's the best. It's truly great, and and it's wonderful how vain he is, and um, he just he just plays into the role really, really, really well. Um, Chris uh, Chris Sarandon, I think, is 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 Humperdinck. He's he does a, he does a really great job. His hair distracted me the whole movie. Gonna be honest. Yeah, it's it, there is a floof in the front for sure. It looks like a helmet, like a hair helmet. And it very, very Lord Farquaad. Like I've said Lord Farquaad way too many times in this podcast like series, and I haven't even watched Shrek for it, but like he's given off that vibe. I think it's whenever the the prince's crown go like the hair goes in it and puffs up. It's like a weird it's a very weird vibe for me. But what was so interesting is to your point, he's very like kind of um like shallow and he, very egotistical, but he's marrying a commoner and lets everybody know like, Oh, look what I'm doing. I'm just picking one of you common folk out of the crowd and I will marry you. It's very weird. Yeah, it is weird. It's almost like showing that like he's a person of the people because he marries one of the people, even though like he just could not care less about whom he marries as long as they're, they're beautiful. And, and of course, buttercup is gorgeous. She's wonderfully gorgeous, but she did not love him and just rides away on her horse. And we meet (laughs) the circus performers, a.k.a. probably the three best cast men in one movie, in my opinion. Could not agree more. So good. So, so good. Um, They kidnap the princess because they want to start a war. And we hear the first inconceivable of the movie. And I mean, I have to say just, I I know that we're only like, what, 10 minutes in it is taking all of my strength to not do a, an Inigo Montoya impression or B to just talk like Fezzik the entire time, because I love them so much. Um, It's, 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 it really is just kind of wild. (laughs) I appreciate you not talking like Fezzik the whole time, because unless you want to try to rhyme me every (laughs) single time I speak, but um yeah that would that would be challenging i think but i mean how do you not do an indiego montoya accent sometimes yeah i I don't think that means what you think it means oh it's so good and i see that meme (laughs) everywhere and i i was like i don't understand why this happens because i kind of recognized mandy from this role i knew he was in princess bride as this role but i was like what is Mm. like what is this going to what does this involve? And to see it was very, very fun. So now I get to, to say that stuff. It was very, very fun. But yes, we meet them. And it's kind of like the strong, the wise, and the cunning, I guess, or the the fighter a little bit. Like that's yeah. their 
their kind of personalities or what they're supposed to be, mm-hmm. um, which was, you know, an interesting choice. Uh, so they kidnap her and stick her on a boat and then she jumps off of it to try to swim back to her tower. And <laughs> then we see the shrieking eels. And I meant to look up if shrieking eels are real and I don't know if they are. I'm going to go with a hard no. They're not real. Right? That's mm-hmm. like terrifying. They also had like super long fangs also, which yeah. eels, while had they have sharp teeth, they, they're they very tiny. Um, but so, so yes, I, I'm going to go with a no on that one. <laughs> yeah, well, I will have to find out and maybe we'll ask our listeners. Let me know if you've ever encountered a shrieking eel because that is terrifying. Or if you sh- were shrieking while you saw an eel, I guess that would also count. That's a valid, valid reason. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that um, Fezzik just kind of bops one on the head and it's like okay yeah like boop, like just picks her up but then well before that even happens this is right when the story kind of breaks because the little boy's like wait 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 wait," and he's like this is this is kind of scary like she doesn't die right and he's like i'm not i'm not nervous i'm just a little concerned and the grandpa's kind of teasing him like no you look pretty nervous like i don't know if you can handle this book like (laughs) clenching the blanket (laughs) so cute yeah he's like i wasn't i wasn't nervous so we get a little speed through and then yes, um, Fezzik just like smashes one on the head, which like I should have just taken time to go through Andre the Giant's full like history of life because he, I don't know all that much about him, um, yeah. but awesome in this movie. Very, very fun to have he, someone like that in this movie. Oh my gosh. He, he honestly, he fascinates me and just <clears throat> like, I don't know, just like everything to as like how he was cast. He obviously he 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 died from a from like an enlarged heart, um, mm-hmm. which is tragic. But 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 he was a he was in the WWF at the time, um, and it was it was funny when he was cast um, by Rob Reiner. So Andre the Giant is French, and you know being so so big has a little bit of like a speech issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he was reading his lines, Rob Reiner was kind of freaking out. Like I just hired this guy who can't, you know, get these lines across the way that we want them. So Rob Reiner would actually record all of Andre the Giant's lines and then send them to him. And Andre the Giant just listened to the tape and mimicked it. And that's how everything was able to get out coherently because, you know, you, you have the language barrier on top of whatever else w- was, was going on. I found that was fascinating that he learned it was a very auditory learning process. That's interesting. Yeah. Especially if English isn't his first language and he, they just need him to kind of make the right sounds. I mean, a big part of it is he had this kind of, I mean, because of the the time period he can't, he was coming off as this kind of like oafish kind of vibe. Like, mm-hmm. so it, it almost worked. Um, but yeah, that's so interesting. I should mention that Andre the giant is seven feet, four and a quarter inches tall. Yes. Yes. And, and on top of that, my favorite Andre the giant fact from this movie is, I don't know if it was when they wrapped filming or the gang just all went out for, for dinner, but they basically had a competition to see how much it took, how much alcohol it took Andre the giant to get drunk. Mm -hmm. And it was something like Andre, Andre drank three bottles of cognac and 13 bottles of red wine. And that made him drunk. I, that's, I mean, that's insane. That's terrifying. I mean, he weighed over 500 pounds. So mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Talk about a cheap date, huh? <laughs> Tolerance through the roof. 
Jeez, he's always going to be the DD, though. <laughs> if he can fit in the car. I know, I was going to say, can he fit in a car? <laughs> um, well, speaking of his giantness, after they sail the boat and get to land, he has to pull all, well, all four of them, really, up this giant rope off the side of a cliff. <laughs> the cliffs which, of insanity. Which were very insane. Um he flies up this thing. I was trying to figure out how they made it happen because it looked a lot like he was either sitting on something and pulling all of them or like attached somewhere and just kind of like pulling himself up on like an actual pulley. Um, but all I could find was that they actually had to use a forklift mm -hmm. to bring the whole team up and down because Andre the Giant was like having serious back problems throughout this whole movie, yeah, which is crazy yeah. to think about all the physical things he did. But I guess that's how they made it happen. They just forklift him right up there. Yeah, it was something like they like they had. I, I, I looked into it too and I couldn't find a lot. But yeah, to get him up and down the cliffs and then and I guess they were rigged by something where he was like kind of like what you said like sitting a little bit but then like the close-up shots were all um green screen but yeah just kind of wild because that's easily like 800 pounds of human yeah it's it's absolutely nuts um so that scene was shot way better than i thought it was going to be um so that ended up happening but i did learn that um wally sean he yes. was super afraid of heights. And so mm. I guess like I, I watched a actually an interview um, with Mandy who's talking about this scene. And he said that I guess like Andre the Giant just kind of like petted him like a little dog and said like, it's okay. It's okay. I've got <laughs> you. It's okay. And like he was fine. Like, <laughs> which I don't know how that makes it better. But, you know? If Andre just, the Giant says, I've got you, then I guess, you know, we've got, we've got you. It's hilarious because Andre the Giant is, uh, is or sorry, as you said, was, um, what was that, six foot four? And Wallace Shawn, I think, is like maybe, or sorry, seven foot four. And Wallace Shawn, I think, is like five three, maybe? Yeah, for sure, yeah. Oh, my God. It's just hilarious. That is, that is hilarious. It is super, super good. So, um, yeah, they climb up this giant the, the cliffs of insanity, as it were, mm -hmm. um, with this rope that just happens to be there. This is like a plot hole that I just didn't get. Like, why was this? Did they do this before? Like, did they set it up knowing they would like boat here? I don't I don't know. I don't know how they got up there the first time without a rope. That's my yeah. Or is it just like a communal rope that anyone who is daring enough to use it just uses it? I guess. But then they end up cutting it because up comes this dude that is dressed like Zorro. Um, who has been kind of following them in their boat. Um, he is climbing up the rope. And so they just decide to cut the whole rope, but he holds on to the side of the cliff because he's awesome. Yes. Love it. Absolutely. Um, I love, I, I, I love the line from, from Inigo when, when like he's chasing their ship and Inigo and goes like, he, he's catching up. I wonder if he's using the same wind we are using. <laughs> yeah. I like that. He's like, I'm not, I couldn't figure out if Indigo was supposed to be like really stupid, if he was supposed to be kind of like airheaded or like, I couldn't quite figure out because there was moments like that where it's like, I wonder if they're using the same wind, but then also he's this like very well-trained fencer and oh yeah, 
So then you get the whole backstory from him as to why he is who he is. And, and it's, and it's no, he's, he's so noble. He's, he's an awesome character to root for. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you do the whole time. We don't know if he survives the whole, like at the end, but we like, everyone likes him. Super fun. So there's actually a deleted scene, which did (gasps) not make it in the movie of the four of them riding off on their white horses. Um, but, but, but he lives. Yay. Okay, good. (laughs) <laughs> I'm very happy now. That's the happiest ending. We had a happy ending, but now we have the happiest ending. We we finally did. <laughs> um, so after this dude in black climbs up the rope, I forgot truly the context, but I did write down that this is when we get the, you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means um, because Vin, what's his name? Vinny? Vin, Vin, uh, Vicini. Vicini. I was close. It was an Italian V word. Um, <laughs> continues to say inconceivable, which is very, very funny. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> I, I laughed very hard at this when you have Indigo Montoya at the top of the cliff. Um, they, the rest of them run off and try to bring the princess wherever they want to take her. And basically the order is just like, kill him, like just sword fight him and kill him. Great. So Indigo is being very polite and like, talks to him over the cliff and then kind of backs up and starts practicing his fencing. And then he's like, Hey, like you want to hurry up, you know, like, Oh, I guess I could drop you this rope and like, I can help you up. It was very touching to me. It was a fair fight. I totally agree. And like what I kind of perceive out of it is, is, you know, Indigo and Fezzik are Vecini's, you know, men for hire. Mm -hmm. And, and obviously Indigo has this whole, you know, quest that defines him to, you know, find the father, the, the guy who killed his father. And from what I, the way I perceived it was that Vicini probably doesn't want him to like be fencing all the time or to like be practicing and stuff. So this is an opportunity for him to really flex. And he's just so giddy about it. He's like, you know what? I don't even care if I die, I will bring you up. I want, I, I, I need this. <laughs> so. Right. It's like, even though the end game was to kill him and he could have killed him while he was hanging off the side of the cliff, he wanted to fence and kind of, like you said, to show off his, his amazing skill and you know how he was doing it with his left hand. That's how good he is. (laughs) I'm not, I am not (laughs) left-handed. But then when he, I, I was actually like, did not know that the dude in black was going to be, uh, I mean, we find out later, obviously that he's the farm boy, but I, I did not know it was going to be him until he did get to the top of the cliff and I was like I would recognize that weird mustache anywhere that is the farm boy <laughs> like noted so intuitive <laughs> I'm so good um and so they have this amazing fight after Indigo tells the story of his father we learn that he was killed by a six-fingered man mm-hmm. he talks about his beautiful sword he even shows the, the sword to the man in black and is like, this is amazing. Look how great it is. And then I just wrote, they fight. It's so elegant. They do amazing flips. Like, it's just like pew, pew, pew. Very lovely. <laughs> so when they were recording the scene, both Mandy Patinkin and Carrie Elwes um, trained for two months individually before they even started filming. And then they met in London and started filming together. And the, as you can imagine, the, uh, the choreography and the filming of this were, just so painstakingly accurate and they would not complete a take until it was done absolutely perfectly. Wow. I mean, it shows it really does because it's probably one of the longest drawn out fight scenes I've ever seen, except Mm -hmm. maybe like that one, 
battle that I watched in Star Wars between Vader and Obi-Wan, but it's mm. like really engaging. It's it's really well done. And there were no stunt doubles used except the whoever did the there was a stunt double for the person that did the flip. Um yes. But otherwise, I mean, there were no they were the ones that were that had to be trained and like figure out what to do. I mean, to choreograph this whole scene, I can't even imagine what mm-hmm. how long that actually took to figure out the choreography, let alone execute it. So it they did really, really great. Makes me want to be right. a dancer. You're right. It, it it just totally shows how how their attention to detail really, you know, comes out in the film. It's it, it's a delight. Mm-hmm. Um. So he does. Not kill Indigo, yay, but he does knock him out um, so that he can run ahead, which is like, yay, not too much violence. I love it. Um, (laughs) And then he gets to like the second test, which is where he finds Fezzik. And (laughs) Fezzik says, and this is not something I would normally bring up, but I have to say it now. Fezzik says to him, why are you wearing a mask? And he says, they're comfortable and I'm sure one day everyone will be wearing them in the future. Oh, no. And it hurt me so badly <laughs> to my core. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's life imitating art or it's art. Yeah. <laughs> awful. It was awful to watch. I had to pause and just take a deep breath because he literally said in the future, I'm sure everyone will be wearing them. And it's like, wow, we successfully predicted 2020. we're done that's it pack it up movie over that's it show's (laughs) over Uh, so that happened uh and then they fight and this was also Mm -hmm. i um i read that because of andre the giant's back problems this had to be shot in a really funky way um so that he wasn't literally lifting him and there were all these weird like like seats and stunt people kind of thing and like Mm-hmm. angles of the camera so um they really went out of their way to ensure that andre the giant could stick around for this movie and i don't know who else would have fit in this role you know like the whole just being such a big person so they actually so originally they actually tried to get arnold schwarzenegger and he thought the movie was beneath him and he wasn't getting paid enough so he basically said screw you and um and then and then they went to andre the giant i think I don't know if he was the one right after Schwarzenegger um, on the list, but Schwarzenegger was their guy who just said no. Wow. Mm-hmm. This would have been an interesting movie. I mean, it I just really would have been. I just hear I'll be Bach in my head. When you oh, say that, so. <laughs> it was the eighties. He was everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I wonder if it would have changed not only this movie, but how well it did. And if it would became so timeless, mm-hmm. but We'll never well, know. Under the Gi- sorry, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, we'll never know. And True. Then- no, I, I, I think Andre the Giant adds a level of charm that is wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does beat Fezzik, so he passes the second test, essentially. Uh, and then we cut over to, I keep writing my notes, Lord Farquaad, but Prince Humperdinck. <laughs> um, he is trying to find the princess as well, or the future princess, I guess, because mm-hmm. they're not married yet. Uh, and he finds the spot of the duel and like, like kind of tries to follow all the, the footmarks and is like, Oh, there was a great duel here. It's like, yeah, it's all over the place. You, you really missed a great show. Um, (laughs) and so he gets back on his horse and is like, we're going to go find her. Let's go. So now we have this other threat of 
oh no, there's this mysterious man in black, even though we all know it's the farm boy. So we're rooting for him now. And also the evil prince. And also, I mean, now we're down to the last test, but what if you can't pass the last test? So uh, it is a lot of tension going on. Oh, it's, it's, it's so, it's so well done. And I absolutely love the battle of wits between Wesley and Vizzini. Um, And it's, and, and, and and Vizzini's lines in this uh, are some of like, you know me, I quote movies all the time. This is some of my favorite quotable lines in movies ever. (laughs) Hit me with a couple good quotes from the scene because I unfortunately did not write any great ones down, but I agree they were very solid. Well, well, I always, whenever I'm, you know, talking to someone and, and they're, you know, like waffling as to, you know, what they want to do. Let's say we're like going out for plans. I always say like, well, clearly I can't choose the wine in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) And he says only a fool, right? Like that's his whole thing. Like you think I'm a fool and you, you wouldn't think me for a fool and a whole thing. It is very dizzying. I came powders from Australia and Australia is a land of criminals. So clearly you've studied (laughs) and you can't choose the wine in front of you. (laughs) <laughs> I can't believe he nailed all these lines. I think I would make myself dizzy trying to deliver them. So apparently he was totally like manic on set, but he was really on edge because he wanted to be as perfect as possible. Um, and Rob Reiner said that it just worked out so incredibly well. Clearly he needed to be, um, but he did a great, a really great job. Also fun fact about Wally Sean, his birthday is on Thursday the 12th. So happy early birthday. Oh, that's awesome. Happy early birthday, Wallace. You'll be 77. No. Yeah. That's crazy. According to the internet, it's happening. That's wild. So then obviously, you know, Wesley and, uh, Wesley and Vizzini, they do their thing and they both drink from each other. They, They both drink from each other's cup or no, the, is it each other's cup or is it the same cup? No, because he uh, he distracts, uh, like oh, he right. says, like, oh, what's that over there? And so then he tries to be cunning and, like, switches the wine glasses. And he said, okay, well, let's just both drink then. And so they both drink. And he says, never go against a Sicilian when death is on the line and then immediately falls over dead. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Um, it's very funny. And we learned that both of them were poisoned. He just uh, took... I guess like a year or something trying to develop an immunity, which I don't even know how one does that with a poison, but here we are. Who knows? Here we are. It's it's suspend disbelief. It's a movie. It's fine. It's totally (laughs) fine. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm questioning that, but I'm not questioning how these people climbed up this huge ass rope off the edge of a cliff. So (laughs) I should probably check myself. (laughs) Oh my God. So then they, Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say this, uh, this part made me kind of sad. So the, the masked man, uh, saves her and she kind of, I, I forgot quite what she says, but she, you know, she doesn't know who this guy is, even though, come on, it's like Clark Kent with his glasses right now. Like you really don't know who it is because yeah. she goes on this whole thing about how he's like, he had eyes that were as like beautiful as the sea. And it's like, you can see his eyes. So if you truly liked his eyes, you would have remembered them, that they're right in front of you, but whatever. Um, but she kind of says something about how she, he can't, he can't capture her, and he goes to try to hit her. Don't love yeah. that. You know, it, it is a weird. <clears throat> pardon me. It's a weird uh, moment where he's out of character. Um, and I and I read somewhere that you know he wanted the whole reason he did that was he wanted Buttercup to figure out on her own that he was Wesley and not be like a surprise. Here I am. 
um, because he didn't want to be like, Hey, I'm here. And then either she's out of love or, you know, doesn't, you know, really want to get back together with him. But if he knows that she loves him for the sake of loving him, then, you know, he knows that it's to be true. And so that's why it's a little out of character that, you know, you know, where I come from uh, a woman, my, my hand flies for a woman who, you know, doesn't speak the truth. Yeah. That's so, well, cause yeah, then, I mean, briefly, right. Well, right after he kind of like, well, actually he doesn't reveal himself yet, but he does make a comment to that effect of like, Oh, you know, your your true love just died and you immediately go and, and run away with the prince. And I think maybe this where this is coming from that he is about to hit her is like an anger because that's his perception of mm-hmm. what happened. Um, and so we learn that this is quote pirate Robert and that he did indeed kill Wesley, <laughs> quote, 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 quote. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of like rubs it in, which again. You, if you actually love this girl, why are you putting her through such misery? He's like, oh yeah, I totally remember killing that dude. Like he said, you were really pretty and really loved you, but haha, you know, I killed her. <laughs> like, oh, okay, that's not that's not how I like anyone out there who's trying to pick up a girl or really anyone. This isn't a strategy that I would recommend. Like, don't pretend that you killed yourself off. That's not a fun strategy yeah Mur- murder and courtship don't often you know go they together don't go together yeah i mean paul tried that on me in high school and it didn't work so oh we, we, don't, we don't speak about that actually <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding I, paul did not attempt oh, to pretend that he was dead it was fine um, <laughs> <laughs> um but 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 th- but that move that he does pushes her over the edge which then leads him to re- reveal his line the as you wish and yes. then you get the oh my sweet Right, but she like uh, this bothered me to no end. Like again, we didn't recognize that totally memorable mustache and the beautiful eyes that she loves so much that she like yeah. rants about to the pirate. And then as soon as she pushes him down the hill and all she hears is as you wish, she's like, "Oh shit, what did I do?" Like, girl, maybe you don't love him. Maybe he was the only human around. <laughs> Just a just a thought. Uh yeah. I don't know. It's <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just the moment she's been. Listen, she's been kidnapped twice in one day. She's had a long day. It is a long day, and she was supposed <laughs> to be like married against her will, I guess. So I'll I'll give it to her. Um, but I will say that the idea of pirate Robert is actually based on a real pirate hmm. uh, named Bartholomew Roberts, a pirate from the 1700s. So fun fact. I don't know if his name was quite passed along the same way that. Um, Wesley describes it, but mm-hmm. uh, he was a a menace of the time. Uh, so yes, he, she also rolls down the hill, which <laughs> you know is a good way to get down there real fast. <laughs> <laughs> one of just one of the most underrated scenes of the movie, as they're both tumbling down this comically large hill, and then and then end up at the bottom, mask off and totally you know injury free and yeah. and in love. <laughs> Perfect and totally perfect looking. Um, so yes, they make out and he gets real mad because he's like, uh, I was dead. And then you like fell in love with this prince. Come on, man. And she's like, uh, no, I don't love him. Check it. I'm in love with you. Obviously, let's run away. So they run into the fire swamp to run oh, yes. away from the all the evil that's chasing them, basically. It yes. is spooky spooks. 
Oh yeah, it, it's so spooky. And then you see the rodents of unusual size, which are just men in a rat costume, and you're like, oh, okay. That is terrifying. Yes, this this whole environment because uh, it's many scenes, but like this whole piece really kind of freaked me out. They have her casually catch on fire. No big deal. It's it's very bizarre because while we are living in like this story is being told in the medieval times, sure. But the idea that there's a swamp that spontaneously like ejects fire, like just is very interesting because it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be somewhat realistic in my opinion, but this seems like it's a little more magical or something. Well, I mean, we, we do have a guy who performs miracles later in the movie, so I can be on board with it. That's true. That's a good point. I rescind my comment. It's a little (laughs) magical, you know? Um, so in the, in the fire swamp, uh, Wesley explains that pirate Robert is basically a fraternity and he Mm -hmm. is the newest one that was initiated after pledging. Um, so now they get to pass it on to the next one because they're together now. Yay. Uh, and then they fall in a sand pit. Super weird. (laughs) Yep. Fall in the, the, they, they called it lightning sand because quicksand really is is an oxymoron because you don't really sink that quick. That's um, So they called it lightning sand because she is gone in moments. Yeah. Um, and then, and then it was Carrie Elwes's idea to dive in head first. Um, they, they wanted him to slide in gently and he thought it was more heroic to dive in head first. And, and he did it in one take and that was the take that they used. Oh my God. What? Yeah. How did he like get, I can't imagine the actual hole was that big that he had to like get, you know, like. Exactly. And it's just here, just, just dive into this pit of sand, which also has like foam underneath. And I don't know. I mean, it's, it's frightening, but he just did it in one take. And I mean, it, it, it works. It's awesome. Wow. That is absolutely terrifying. I would never (laughs) want to dive head first into potentially like very hard concrete. That's awesome. <laughs> also um, true. But yeah, so he saves her and they come up and like covered in sand and it made my my eyes hurt watching all the sand in their eyes. Uh, and yes, they get attacked by a rodent of unusual size, the ro- R-O-U-S's. She says mm-hmm. it so fast. It's amazing. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> this is hilarious because Wesley is not he's not losing, but he's not winning this fight for sure. And buttercup is just kind of watching it all go down, like not trying to help at all. And it's like, all right, well now we know how you feel, Mm -hmm. but we're okay. They survive the rodents of unusual size. So funny. Yeah, it it is funny, but the real danger comes after the fire swamp when they're ambushed by Humperdinck and Mm -hmm. the, and those, those dudes. Yes. And so Humperdinck finds them, we realize that his like it's kind of like his second hand kind of person is actually the six fingered man dun yes. dun dun mm-hmm. um and i did read because she surrenders for the sake of wesley not being killed so mm-hmm. she kind of sacrifices herself for that there is a moment where the i forgot his name but the six fingered man kind of bops wesley on the head with yeah. his uh, sword to knock him out. I feel like you know what I'm going to say. Oh, this yeah. really knocked him out in real life. Yeah, Carrie Elwes uh, passed out and was hit hard enough that he actually was taken to a hospital. Um, 
and and apparently and famously apparently woke up and said now that's a take and then passed back out oh my gosh but that's the take <laughs> that was in the movie yes it was i think again that was like a one take kind of deal and it was done that's so nuts. I honestly re I did rewatch it after I learned this fact and it didn't mm. look even like a real like it like it really made contact. It looked kind of like a stage bop kind of thing, but I guess you just hit him just right or maybe the sword was really heavy, but that's very scary. Yeah, it's it, it's very frightening, but again, it, it shows how good of an actor he is that he just pushed through it. I mean, he I mean, how much pushing can you do? <laughs> when you pass out, you don't really have <laughs> much control. Some great acting when you're unconscious. Yeah, absolutely. He did great, great dead, dead, or uh, Corpse Man 1 is a great, great role. <laughs> um, so there's a there's a little cut after this. We go back to the, the bedroom and we hear from the small boy and he's really sad. And he's like, wait, no, but... But she's supposed to marry Wesley. She can't marry the the prince. That's not how it's supposed to work. And it's just the cutest little thing. It is. It is very cute. And like, and like the uh, grandfather's like, 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 don't get ahead of yourself. Like, (laughs) and he says life isn't always fair. Yeah, true. Even though this one ends up being fair at the end, but here we are. Um. So fast forward, we learn that the king is dead. So now Buttercup is going to be the queen, but they Mm -hmm. still have to get married. And so as she's introduced, we have this old woman who screams like, boo, you had love in your hands. Like, (laughs) but it was actually all a dream. So, yes, it bowed down to the to the queen of queen of slime, the queen of putrescence. Yes, (laughs) she really gives it to her. She feels very guilty. Um, so but Buttercup really wants to find Wesley. Mm-hmm. And so she tells Prince Humperdinck, like, I'm going to kill myself if you don't let me try to find him. And he's like, all right, fine. Like, you can write some letters. I'll send out some ships, you know, ha, 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 whatever. Even though, meanwhile, Wesley is in, like, a weird tree dungeon thing being yes. tortured. So he knows that whatever he does, no one's going to find Wesley because he's tortured in a secret dungeon. Yes, the pit of despair. Even though it's like in a tree. Yeah. Which is, you know, secret, secret. Um, but then the the uh, Prince Humperdinck drops this little piece that's like, oh, I actually kind of want to kill Buttercup so I can wage a war. Like what? Yeah. So he, well, well, the whole reason he hired the, the circus performers um, to kill the princess of, oh man, where are it they? starts with a G. Gelder. Something like that. Yeah, so he he's trying to um, insinuate that the other warring nation, which I am really blanking on, uh, kidnapped her when it when it was really staged by him. Basically, it, if Buttercup dies and he frames it on the warring country, he starts a war, which then kind of solidifies his power as king. And he doesn't really need Buttercup. She's she turns out that she's just a pawn in this big political game. So sad. Yeah, but thankfully it doesn't work. Um, and he actually, uh, Prince Humperdick tries to say, oh, I, I caught word that this is going to happen. I need you to clear out the thieves forest, um, which then ultimately reunites Indigo and Fessick. Woohoo. Yes. Very the squad. <laughs> yeah. Very exciting. Um, he learns about the six fingered man and Indigo is like, I'm ready. I'm doing it. Um, 
Buttercup then figures out that Prince Humperdinck never sent out the ships, dun, dun, dun. Mm -hmm. And then he gets super mad because she calls him out on that and basically pushes the machine to 50 is the phrase, but goes down and like pretty much tries to kill Wesley with this torture machine. Yes. And it's not just kill. It's like totally obliterate him. Um, to turn up to 50 you even hear count count brugan go like no not 50 yeah um which is crazy that your secondhand man is like oh no this is too much absolutely so thankfully it doesn't kill him well mm, uh, it does kill him right he's yeah. most well we learn later that he's not all the he's way only, dead he's only mostly dead mostly dead um again we cut back our little our little friend who's sick is so sad um and they go over to magic max which is Probably the greatest performance in this whole movie. I'm sorry to say it. I know there's a lot of great ones, but Billy Crystal in this role is beautiful. I could probably spend an entire podcast episode about this. Um, Very funny. So we learn from his wife, Vivian, or I'm sorry, Max tells us that uh, he's not all the way dead and so he's going to fix it. And then we meet his wife, Vivian. Very funny. Um, because he pumps air into Wesley's mouth <laughs> and is like, what are you trying to live for? And he kind of squeaks out true love and Max pretends to ignore it. But Vivian is <laughs> a very annoying and wonderful human. And he's like, no, it's true love. He said true love. You have to revive him. Very funny. <laughs> no, he, he said to blave, to blave. Which, <laughs> which means to bluff. He probably owes you money. And, and Carol Kane is just so good. Yes. I mean, oh, yes. man. She's something else. Uh, it was The two of them were great together. I would watch a spinoff movie of the two of them like any day. <laughs> it was very, very good. Max and Vivian. They're so good. It would be a great little sitcom. Uh, mm. So they make this miracle pill and cover it in chocolate, obviously. And you can't go swimming for at least an hour. Which is the least of their problems because his body isn't working. <laughs> wait, wait, wait 15 minutes for full potency. Yes. And they didn't, <laughs> which is why it didn't work right away. Um, so he was awake, but his body wasn't moving. So Fessick basically has to like drag him around like a doll. And yes. I can only imagine how much it probably hurt to be so limp and have to get thrown around and dragged around and, and all that stuff. So it was, it was a lot. Oh, yeah. I feel kind of bad. I do need to interject because I wouldn't be doing my father justice if okay. I if I didn't say this because my dad has said this line to me hundreds of times, mostly when I was in, in high school going to school as the, the gang leaves Miracle Max's and he goes, bye-bye boys, have fun storming the castle. My dad has probably said that to me a hundred times and, and I love it so much. Thank you, dad. <laughs> Yay! I love little shout outs. This is great. Yes, small shout out moment. That's a great line. And they're just waving. And they also kind of like out the side of their mouths are like, oh, they're totally fucked. Like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> it'll, it'll take a miracle. Bye bye. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, we hit the wedding. Mm-hmm. And the p- priest person, whoever's <laughs> doing the, uh, we have to talk about it, right? Like, he oh has a, a significant lisp thing happening and i think it is a beautiful distraction from how sad buttercup is at this moment it really is and there's actually been a debate online about this priest recently because it's 2020 and we're being more tolerant of people with all sorts of disabilities so 
is it funny to laugh at someone who has a speech impediment when obviously in, in 1985, the, the whole point of the joke was to make fun of this guy who is doing something very serious and and is just really mispronouncing everything. And and um, I I for one I just I it's the same reaction when I was 13. I could not get through the word mowage without laughing as hard as I possibly can. I think it becomes funny because it's unexpected, right? But mm-hmm. I also will say to the point of the 2020 lens, this movie inside the, the space of the movie doesn't make fun of him. Like they yes. don't use this as a piece to say like, come on, like bumbling idiot or like just spit it out or, or whatever, right? Like they mm-hmm. don't do that because Humperdinck's always like, get he's like, get on with it. I just need you to get to the end because I need this marriage to happen so, so fast. Mm-hmm. So I am proud that this didn't, he didn't become the butt of the joke in the script. That's a really good point. And it's, and it's low hanging fruit and they totally avoided it. So you're right. That's, that, that's a really good point. Right. So like there were, there's good moments and bad moments, but again, 2020 lens, we all think a little differently now and it's a good thing. (laughs) It is a good thing. (laughs) Um, so while this is happening, the boys are outside and pretending to be the pirate. And meanwhile, it's just Fessick, like, being huger than he actually is. And I do recognize that huger is not a word, but I don't want to apologize for it. Um, But I don't know how only Indigo is carrying him (laughs) because meanwhile, Wesley's like hanging off of his back and he's pushing this cart. It's just a lot of suspense of disbelief right there. And then they light him on fire. (laughs) (laughs) So I, (laughs) it's, (laughs) you're absolutely right. Like I can understand you know, pulling, you know, deadlifting yourself up a cliff or, you know, getting an immunity to a mysterious, tasteless powder. Um, but yeah, Mandy Patinkin carrying Cariel was on his back and pushing Andre the Giant in a wheelbarrow. That is it's not, not possible. possible. It's no. not possible. And I do know that like holding things in a wheelbarrow makes it easier to carry heavy items because of distribution of weight, et cetera, et cetera, physics. But no, I'm going to go with no. <laughs> so whatever. Uh, but the marriage happens and Buttercup is really sad because she's like, Wesley's going to be here for me. And he kind of is. He's right outside. Uh, and she thinks he didn't come. So he, uh, they like rush her into her room after the wedding and they find out, they catch wind basically that something, something is afoot, uh, in Mm -hmm. the castle. And I wrote this in all caps. It finally got to happen. Indigo Montoya finds the man that he's been searching for all these years and delivers Mm -hmm. his line. Not once, not twice, but many, many times. (laughs) Um, and tries to get his revenge, but like, this was very tense. I was like, oh no, he fails. He doesn't get his revenge. He ends up getting stabbed right in the gut, basically. And then I wrote, "Never mind, he does it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was very stressful. <laughs> it was, it is very, very stressful. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I just love that. I mean, he's been practicing for this moment his whole life and I guess he only practiced the greeting of what he would say to his adversary so he has no other content to use (laughs) nope that's it and he he's just so he's so laser focused i think it's because it's like the anticipation of something happening or like you've been waiting for something for so long and not that it lets you down but you almost go blind to the moment because you've been 
spending so much time building yourself up about it. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens. And I think he actually gets snapped back into reality a little bit when he gets stabbed in the stomach because after that he like goes for it and yes. he ends up cutting um, – I cannot remember his name. What is the six-finger Count, name? Count Brugan. Thank you, Brugan. Um, cutting the slashes in his face the same way that Brugan did when he was a young boy and he mm. was trying to defend his father. So gets back around. Um, we also then cut over to somehow Wesley manages to slide from hanging off one of the suit of armor that Fessick laid him on. <laughs> yes. Somehow he managed to get over into Buttercup's bed, which mm. is bizarre and stops her from almost like attempting to kill herself and stabbing herself in the chest, which is a very dramatic moment. Uh, but he's just like, Hey, maybe don't do that. Also, I'm over here and can't move, but he's laying quite comfortably on the bed. So the, the line he uses though is, 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 is perfect. It's the, uh, there's a shortage of perfect breasts in the world. They'd be ashamed to ruin yours. <laughs> I forgot. And it's only not creepy because they've already like committed to marriage and fallen in love with each other. So I'm not mad about it, but like, yes, consent, right? Like, like there's an, you can say those things when you're like in that part of your relationship. But like, if he was just trying to be the knight in shining armor and then said that to her, it's like, nah, man, come on. I'm, I'm going to take my chances with Andre. I'll, I'll see you later, Wesley. Yeah. Like, see ya. Like this was, <laughs> this was fun, I guess. Um, <laughs> And then Wesley, knowing that he cannot uh, physically do anything, uh, tries to basically mindfuck Prince Humperdinck yes. uh, and just intimidates the hell out of him, which is amazing. It works. It works. And and I mean, again, the writing of that monologue of To the Pain is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And like, it's one of those things where I can hear it every time and I will get chills 10 out of 10 times. It's amazing. Yeah, it is so good. And so they tie him up and uh, I mean, they thankfully rescue Buttercup and then they cut to Fessick who's like, I found these horses. Yes. <laughs> the table. And, and so I take, okay, I take such um, heat for this, you know, with this line that, that Indigo has where he says, Fessick, wow, you, you, you did something right. And Marshall Erickson and how I met your mother touches base on it. And, and Marshall's take is, is spot on where he's like, he's like, dude, why would you say that Fezzik did something right for once? Fezzik's been busting down doors. He's been care literally carrying the team on your, on his back. Yeah. But now he, but now he did something right. I, that just makes me mad. Fezzik's Fezzik's the goat. Yeah, no, he, he, I can't think of anything he did wrong in the movie. Exactly. He, he he did like, nothing wrong. No. So like, wow, I'm I'm sorry I didn't touch on that. That is very important. Yeah, I I guess I heard that line and just was like, "Oh, Indigo's being a jerk." But that is a really good point. Like he even came over when was it in Yeah, Indigo was trying to get into the into the room to go yeah. kill his long, you know, his nemesis and he's like, "Fezzik, get over here." And like comes over and Fezzik's just like pushes on the door and it falls in. He's like, "Here here you go." Like you're good. And then he goes back and loses uh, Wesley. That's so sad and so true. So yeah, come on, Indigo. Maybe he wasn't again. Indigo's kind of had a long day too. He's kind of bleeding from the stomach. So maybe we'll let it go. Maybe, maybe we'll let it slide, but it's like, dude, recognize greatness when it's right in front of you. Yeah. And like, be thankful. You wouldn't be here without him. That is for sure. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. And then they have the wonderful jumping out of the window majestically <laughs> in, into the arms of, of Fezzik, who then puts him on the horses. Yes. And that's some other major suspend disbelief uh, nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like when she falls out of the window, it seems like they tape it in a way that she's falling like 1700 stories. Like she's like, Wee! <laughs> like floating out of the window. They're only up a couple stories. Like it wouldn't have taken that long. But yes, he catches her beautifully. Everything is perfect. And they ride off into the sunset. And then the grandpa shuts the book and is like, no, they're just going to kiss. You don't want to hear about that. And he's like, well, no, you can you can read it. It's okay. You can read it. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> I guess you can read it. And it was, and it was one of, you know, there are five, they're like the top five kisses in the world um, who were the most passionate and the most loving. And this one blew them all away. Yeah. (laughs) So cute. And then he's, he wants grandpa to come over tomorrow and read it again. We we love it. We, we love the grandparent uh, grandson bonding time. We love that. Cute. I just, uh, I just love it. And it, it was a great, this is such a great feel good movie. Now I understand why folks get so mad that I've never seen it because this, it's just, you know, if you're, if you're not feeling, feeling great or you just want to smile, like this is a good one. There's a little bit of drama, but really not a lot. Like Mm -hmm. it's pretty low stakes. Like it's great. Exactly. It's it, it, it's a it's hilarious writing. It's very clever writing and and it ends happy. And, you know, I I personally have probably watched it um, three times since March. So that's, I mean, that's good medicine. So, yeah, if you're feeling, serotonin. feeling a little blue because of the world, the, the current uh, world situation, go watch this movie, <laughs> I would say. So then, Jackie, now that we've recapped just one of my favorite movies ever and one of the most quotable movies ever, I need to ask you, what is your favorite line from the entire movie? Oh, no, that's so hard. Um, I One that really sticks out to me is, well, there's two that just came to my head. The first is when uh, Wesley's in the Battle of Wits and... Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his face Wally says um never uh something to the effect of like never bargain or never bargain with a Sicilian when death is on the line and he Mm -hmm. said it so like with such purpose so that's one (laughs) and then when the little the little boy was so scared about uh buttercup getting eaten by the shrieking eels (laughs) and he's, he's just like no, I wasn't. I wasn't nervous, and I know those aren't very quotable. Um, but those were like probably my favorite little moments. But I think I am now happy to have context behind. You keep saying that word. I do not think that means what you think it means. I I am so glad that you get the reference now. And then, then there's so in 2020, there's a whole step above the uh, above Princess Bride, which I'm not sure if you're aware of yet. Uh oh. So have you heard of the app? Which actually, as of yesterday, is now dead. Quibi. Oh, it is dead. I heard of it briefly. Didn't they? Weren't they like a attempt at Netflix or something? They, so, with with everyone having a phone in their hand now, they were cr- trying to create their own content, um, which was shot vertically. So you're so you're not awkwardly tilting your phone and changing the aspect ratio. Um, so you can watch everything just you know comfortably in your hand. Um, but probably the best thing that they did in their short lifespan 
um, in response to the coronavirus and to getting, um, I'm not sure what the charity is, um, but it, but but it's a food based charity to help you know people who are struggling to find food during the pandemic. Um, they asked celebrities, and I, and I mean a wide array a wide array of celebrities to reshoot um, Princess Bride scene by scene. And like, so like you'll, so like you have Jack Black as the man in black at, at one point, and then it jumps and Paul Rudd is Wesley. Um, Charlize oh Theron is, is Fezzik. Um, oh my and, God. And, and, and there's one episode where Nick Kroll plays Fezzik, Inigo and Vizzini all in one scene, but just in different voices. Oh my gosh. And it is so well done. I hope that we can find the content somewhere because that, you know, seeing all these celebrities on top of one of my favorite movies ever, it is such a cool experience. I highly recommend it. Oh my gosh. That is the coolest thing. I will have to try to find it if we can revive it from the crypt of Quibi, I guess. Um, the Quibi Quipped. <laughs> a new verb now yes uh that is so interesting i've seen a bunch now with since everybody is at home a lot of celebrities doing reunions of sorts or reshoots so um that is very very cool so i will have to try to find that and check it out absolutely Um, but yeah listeners if you're feeling sad go watch the princess bride i know it's on disney plus i don't know if it probably exists on amazon or something to that effect but highly highly recommend Will you ride off into the sunset with me, Paul, on a white horse? I don't know. Do we have to kiss? Well, no. There's no. You can't beat the passion between Wesley and Buttercup. So we don't even need to try. That's true. This is this is a passionless friendship. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I will. (laughs) I will. I will absolutely ride off into the sunset with you on uh, platonic adjacent horses. As you wish. And that is the end of season two of Jackie Watches Stuff. It's me, Jackie. Sean's on an early vacation. Uh, We're taking a small break before season three, which starts on December 4th. But in the meantime, I have to thank our amazing patrons that are the members of the Academy. They are Hannah, Lindsay, Mick, Paul, Bree, Logan, Jarrett, Tom, Linda, and Missy. If you would like to join the Academy and get a shout out for supporting us and other really cool benefits, you can head over to patreon.com slash Jackie Watches Stuff. And if you want to support us without giving any money, totally cool. Please review us on iTunes and tell your friends and family about how much you love the show. Jackie Watches Stuff is hosted by me, Jackie Vetrano, and produced by Sean Flynn. You can find him on Twitter at WXGeek. You can find Jackie Watches Stuff anywhere you get your podcasts or online at JackieWatchesStuff.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Jackie Watches, and we'll see you on December 4th for Season 3 of Jackie Watches Stuff. Bye!